Good morning. The line that gets me every time, if his grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Amen? We are in this uh, sermon series on worship where we've been working off of the definition by Don Carson that worship is a proper response to all moral and sentient beings to God ascribing all honor and worth to their creator God precisely because he is worthy, and delightfully so, amen? Let's read this text today in Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee, And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. But they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw these lepers, he said, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked Jesus. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. is that you will just guide and lead through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. By a show of hands this morning, how many of you were able to attend the Ryan Noss funeral procession? Anybody? We had maybe a couple? What an exceptional event, right? I mean, people traveled hours to be here in Knoxville to celebrate Staff Sergeant Ryan Noss, who was killed in the bombing at the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. I drove down 275 towards Alcoa Highway, and over every overpass was filled with first responders who had gathered to honor our fallen hero. Why do you think so many people showed up? Why such a parade for one man? And why are we calling him a hero? I think one word. Gratitude. 
As a civilian in the United States of America, I have no other response to those who've risked their lives, especially Ryan Noss, who died serving our country overseas. I mean, this man sacrificed time with his family and ultimately his own life for our country and our freedom. And so the best I have to offer is thank you. Thank you. Now today's text, we get this very unusual and incredibly sad story of ten lepers. Everywhere throughout scripture, we see Jesus thanked, praises given, multitudes gathered. Now, leprosy here in the text alluded to several different types of skin disease, but leprosy was incredibly painful, could could cause progressive, permanent damage to the skin, to the nerves, and eventually lead to death. The first century didn't have a cure for leprosy, and therefore anyone with any serious skin ailment would be cast away into separate communities. I mean, the passage doesn't tell us exactly, but it's likely that this community of ten lepers could have included Jews, could have included Gentiles, could have included Samaritans, all living together, all trying to support one another. Leprosy was not only a painful and untreatable illness, but it was a very lonely disease. No more hugs from mom and dad. No intimacy with your spouse. You were left to die alone with strangers who shared in the same suffering. And yet it was only one leper who came back to Jesus to say thank you. This morning I want to ask the question, why is it important to say thank you? If you want to follow along in your notes, maybe write a couple of these things down. But the first is this, that gratitude brings glory to God. Gratitude brings glory to God. I think it's important to note that the leper came back praising God. We talked last week about this definition of glory. It means to honor someone's reputation. It means we shine a spotlight on someone's character. And specifically, this leper came back shining the spotlight, saying thank you and giving glory to God. Uh, This week, I attended a Spire conference in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a three-day event that equipped pastors uh, with a specialty in pandemic. (laughs) There was a lot of support for the event, a lot of sponsors a lot of sponsors for the event. And there was one that I was really interested in attending. Uh, There's this company called the Solomon Foundation. They offered a free lunch on on Wednesday. And you guys know what a free lunch means, right? It means you got to sit through their spiel, right? You got to listen to their pitch. The Solomon Foundation is a church extension fund. It means they loan money to churches and offer a place for churches and individuals to invest their money. 
I noticed the CEO was at the event, and this excited me because I wanted to meet him. And so I waited in line after lunch to talk to this man. And I only had one thing to say to him. Thank you. You see, my home church was an emerging church at one time who decided to borrow millions of dollars to build a new sanctuary and gym. But then there was a scandal, and then the elders did a poor job of handling the scandal, and before they knew it, they were running 100 people on Sunday morning. The church was broke, unable to afford this beautiful building, and they were ready to close their doors until the Solomon Foundation came along and bought the building from them, leasing it to them for a dollar a year. I mean, they were ready to close their doors. They came in and saved the day. They also offered counseling and consulting for their elders and staff, walked them through a process of renewal. This, week, this year alone, my home church has baptized over 30 people. I mean, the CEO didn't, didn't just save my home church, right? And he wasn't the one who did it, but I needed him to understand that his company had a reputation, and it was worth my time to honor that reputation because I was grateful, right? God is worth our time. God is worth our time. And it is important for us to speak the words of thank you to honor his glory, his reputation. 2 Corinthians 4 says that we know who raised the one, we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, Paul says, so that the grace is reaching more and more people may cause what? Thanksgiving to overflow glory to God. It is so very important that we take time to say thank you. And there is so much to be thankful for, amen? Secondly, I think that gratitude gives us a testimony. Doesn't it give us a testimony? Notice what Jesus says to the lepers who were giving, this one leper who was giving praise to God. He turns to him and says what? Go. Go. Did you know that we serve ascending God? That is a natural response of Jesus and of God. To go. It's a theme throughout the New Testament, especially in the Gospels. The leper is told to go. He has a testimony to share. In John chapter 9, the disciples of Jesus asked him a question that was, heart, was at the heart of many during that century. He said, the disciples asked Jesus, why does bad stuff happen to good people, right? Many in the first century thought that ailments at birth were because of sin. So Jesus' disciples, they had passed a blind person 
who had been blind from birth. And Jesus, and Jesus was asked by his disciples, who sinned? Was it this blind man or, or his parents? And Jesus' response is incredible. He says, this man was born blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He was born blind for a testimony of God's goodness. He was born blind so that he could share light in this very dark world. And Jesus healed this blind man, giving him a testimony. His thank you became a testimony. The psalmist writes in Psalm 105, 1 through 2, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. And what? Make known among the nations what he hath done. And sing to him. Sing praise to him. And tell of his wondrous acts. Even when we sing these songs as we gather, we are sharing a testimony of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will continue to do. And we're encouraged to go and share that testimony of gratitude. The third thought I have this morning is that gratitude deepens our faith. Did you notice that Jesus not only tells him to go, but he says that his faith has made him well. The leper recognized that the healing did not take place coincidentally, didn't he? He told him to go and show yourself to the priest, and as soon as he was healed, he turned back to thank God, which deepened his faith. Author Elisa Apello writes that when we keep a record of the times we are grateful to God, we will have a journal testimony of the faithfulness of God. When we keep a record of the times we are grateful to God, we will have a journal testimony of the faithfulness of God. And then what happens when we face difficult days? You open that journal, and what do you see? Your faith. What happens when you're faced with cancer? It's a testimony of God's goodness, his faithfulness to each one of us that deepens our faith and help us through the worst of time. Every time you say thank you to God, you should be reminded of the many times that you said thankful, that you've been thankful in the past. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 136, where the psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lord. Amen. It doesn't end. The thank yous that we gave him in the past 
are still with us here in the presence because God doesn't change. His love endures forever. And every time we say thank you, it's deepening our well, deepening our faith in this God whose love endures forever. Amen? All right, we're going to do something just a little bit different this morning. I'm going to give you some time to be spontaneous. Close your eyes with me and bow your heads. I'm wondering if maybe the story of these lepers, maybe some of these scriptures that I've shared has stirred your heart as we've talked about gratitude. What I'm going to do is open us in prayer, and then I'm going to ask you to say audibly, thank you to God. You don't have to say it loud and proud. You don't have to wait for your neighbor. But after I pray, will you say thank you to God for something specific that you're thankful for today? Our Father, we gather together in unison, in unity of heart and mind, with grateful hearts for what you have done and what you are doing. And this morning, we want to say thank you. His love endures forever, church. Did you notice chapter 17 and verse 11? Did you guys notice that? What's it say? Jesus was going where? He had his, he had his mind set on Jerusalem, folks. He was ready. Ten lepers interrupted him on his way to the cross. This is right before the final week of Jesus' life. And these lepers interrupted him on his way to the cross. And he stopped. He stopped. He heard their cry and he healed them on his way to the cross. That breaks me, folks. Because as we gather around this morning, we're going to take of this bread, we're going to take of this juice, and it is a reminder that Jesus had set his mind on Jerusalem towards the cross. And even as he cared so deeply for this world that he would die on the cross, he's willing to pause and hear you. Amen? He cares for each and every one of us. So much that even on his way to the cross, he was able to stop. I love it. I don't know what you want to take from these words today, but my encouragement to you 
is to allow your prayers of praise be songs of thanksgiving to him because of who he is, what he has done, and what he will continue to do. Amen? Let's pray together as Jeff comes on up. Father, all we can do is say thank you. We have nothing else fit for the king. Your grace is an ocean, and we're drowning in your goodness. Thank you, dear Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.